From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. David Fiorazzo with Mary Danielson. There's a new book out that we want to tell you about today. It's called The Great Patriot Boycott Book. Not boycott, but boycott. The Great Conservative Companies to Buy From and Invest In. And that's how we're going to make a difference. We, we all, we only vote with our dollar, with our pocketbooks, with our wallets, with our purses, and with our credit cards and whatever else. I can't wait to get into these topics today. We've got a very special guest, Wayne Allen Root. He's a CEO, author, reality TV show producer, and former presidential candidate. He's been referred to as the conservative warrior, the capitalist evangelist, and the author of 15 books. His latest, and the number one bestseller, which we'll talk a little bit about, is The Great Patriot Boycott Book. He also hosts America's Top Ten Countdown with Wayne Allen Root on Real America's Voice TV Network and Wayne Allen Root Raw and Unfiltered. Had a chance to listen to some of that in the last couple of days. That's streamed daily on Lindell TV at frankspeech.com. He was inducted into the Nevada Broadcasters Hall of Fame last year. Hosts the nationally syndicated Wayne Allen Root, Ron Unscripted on USA Radio Network. And a little bit of his background, he was born into a blue-collar Jewish family. 33 years ago, he received Jesus Christ as Savior. And this unique religious and spiritual combination of Judaism and Christianity and Wayne's love of Israel led him to call President Trump the greatest president in world history for the Jewish people and Israel. Finally, he was honored in 2006 with a 180-pound granite star on the Las Vegas Walk of Stars. He lives in Vegas with his wife Cindy and four children. Wayne Allen Root, it's a blessing to have you on the podcast. Good morning, sir. Hey, David, Barry, how are you? Great to be on with you. We're doing you. very, very well. Thank you so much for your time. Let's talk about the book immediately. Why hasn't this caught on? Why haven't more people of faith, Christians, conservatives, independents, Republicans, supported these certain companies that would actually help us divide from those who are just don't uh, support our values? Well, you know, look, I, I never blame anyone. I think it's really just a matter of the fact that most people are so busy working for a living and taking care of their family and, you know, trying to survive on a daily basis, the onslaught from government. Government is so hateful to us uh, all over the world, but especially here in the United States under Joe Biden and, and the guy who I think is the real president of the United States, by the way, Barack Obama. Yes. I yeah. call the, the team O'Biden, mm -hmm. right? It's Obama really yeah. as the president and uh, the puppet master, and Biden's the puppet who's the front guy, yes. but doesn't know what he's saying, what he's doing, reads the script, not even good at that. It's, it's Biden, who's, it's uh, Obama who's calling the shots. But but I'll, for, you know, to make it easy, I'll just keep saying Biden, just for the rest of the interview. <laughs> understand, every time I say Biden, I really think it's Obama. All right. But, but, but Biden is destroying the middle class of this country and destroying the middle class quality of life and lifestyle and making it harder to survive every day. So the average person has to work two jobs, three jobs. And mm. then, by the way, Biden takes credit. Oh, there were a lot of new jobs last month. That's because people used to work one job right. and they had a nice life. 
and now they have to work three jobs, and their wife has to work two. So together, there's four, five, six jobs in a household to try and do what one job used to do. That's the reason that most people don't have time to worry about all the you know all the little things and all the distractions going on in the world. Mm. You know, little distractions like World War II is coming, the borders wide open, Mm -hmm. green energy is bankrupting us all, the vaccine is killing everybody it touches. You know, little things like that. Most people, I'm just kidding, of course, most people aren't noticing the big things going on because they have so many distractions and they're just trying to make a living. But I wrote the Great Patriot by Cot book to kind of educate them, A, what was going on, uh, B, motivate them, that's probably what I do best, and C, to give them a list of the 123 best companies in America that are pro faith in America, pro-faith in God, uh, Christian, uh, conservative, patriotic companies that you can be proud to spend your money with and know, you know, hopefully that all or most of your money that you give them when you buy something from them isn't going to destroy your life. Mm. And so I want to get away from the bad guys mm-hmm. and I want to defund the bad guys and I want to reward the good guys. Amen. We agree. Uh, I have a question for you uh, here. You know, why, I guess my Here's a sort of a baseline question for you. Why are corporations so susceptible to lefty politics? I mean, if, if I go to bed, bath, and bankruptcy, <laughs> I don't, I want a bath mat, all right? I don't care, you know, about the politics behind the bath mat. And, and when the, you know, when the NFL did this whole thing with Kaepernick and all that, they don't understand their audience. That's right. They don't understand what you were talking about with, you know, families working four, five, six jobs. <laughs> Why are corporations doing this? Why are they allowing themselves to be bullied? Is that it? Well, look, there are a lot of really liberal, shockingly liberal, and, and liberal is just a code word for, liberal and progressive are just code words for communist, Marxist, mm-hmm. socialist, atheist, globalist. Yes. And they just hate this country. And a lot of them have infiltrated mm-hmm. the top levels of society, and that includes CEOs of corporations, that includes board of directors. So on some level, a lot of them really are, you know, crazy on another level, and, and <laughs> radical and extreme. On another level, they're just Kool-Aid drinkers. They've been brainwashed because sure. everybody they hang around says the same kind of things, and, and so they start to believe that everyone believes that, when in reality, the silent majority, which is mostly made up of, you know, good, solid, go-to-church Christians uh, and middle-class people all over the United States, the silent majority doesn't agree with those views, but they hang out at country clubs where everybody does. Mm, so, yeah. you know, to some extent, they're radical and extreme. Uh, to some extent, they're a little bit crazy. To some extent, they've been brainwashed, and they're Stepford wives, and they're drinking the Kool-Aid. But I think in the majority of cases, liberals are smarter than conservatives, meaning we're so busy raising our families and running our businesses and going to church on Sunday morning, all good things, all great things, but we're distracted, and liberals, you know, in many cases, I can't say all to generality, but in general, uh, the average conservative has a business or, or works in a career and has kids and has a spouse and has two dogs, and, and they're busy, you know, especially with their kids. And the average liberal is like living this selfish life. They're living in some big city. They don't have a wife or a girlfriend. They have no kids. They have no dog. And the only thing they have to do all day is, is dial the phone and call their congressman. So we're not doing what needs mm-hmm. to be done to call our congressman. It's call uh, the corporation and let the CEO's office know that we disagree with their policy. Liberals do. As yep. the gay movement says, they're loud and proud. Yep. And we sit around working all day, take care of our family, but we're not helping our own cause by
by making our views known. So I, you know, I keep arguing we have to be loud and proud, yep. just like the gay movement. You know, conservatives and Christians have to be loud and proud and aggressive and in your face, just like vicious liberals are. We're too nice. There's another answer for it. We're too nice, and we we turn the other cheek. I may have taken Christ as my savior, but I think the worst thing I've ever heard is preached is to turn the other cheek. No, you can't turn the other cheek because when you turn it, it's because they hit you on the right side. Now you turn it, now they're going to punch you on the left side. You can't turn the other cheek. You have to fight back. Christians are too nice. American silent majority is too nice. We have to hit them back. We have to be vicious. And that's why, you know, I'm a big Donald Trump guy. You know, when they say, oh, he's nasty, he has nasty tweets. You know know what Trump's (laughs) problem was? He was too nice. Trump should have been much more vicious. Trump's tweets were vicious, but when he got to Washington, he should have fired everyone and started all over again, and he should have put all the really bad guys at the top in prison. He should have indicted and prosecuted all of them. He didn't do any of that. It turns out Trump was way too nice. And so I'd like to teach all of us, Trump included, Christians go to church included, that it's time to fight back and play a little dirty and outdo whatever the Democrats do, do it worse than them. If they want to steal elections with with, uh, mail-in ballots, ballot hard, Thing and ballot drop boxes that we should steal them worse with the same things. We got to get better at those exact same playbook things yes. that they use to steal elections uh, legally, or at least they claim that's legal. And if it's legal, then we should do the same thing, except better than them. So just stop being so nice. And <laughs> stop concentrating on your kids and your dog, and, and set aside twenty minutes a day to call corporations and call your congressmen and let them know how you feel, so they know that the majority of their customers disagree with what this tiny minority is convincing them to do. That's right. And they always seem to have a better ground game. And because we're too nice and because we tend to uh, be in the silent majority, look what's happening in the public schools. Look what they're unleashing on America's children. And we we don't have time to go down that road. But I want to go back to the point from your book, The Great Patriot Boycott Book, Money Talks, Wayne Allen Root. And for the first time in history, we just witnessed a beer commit suicide. Let's talk about Bud Light, and what do you think is going to happen? Anheuser-Busch is a huge company. Are they going to learn anything? I know they're losing a lot of money right now, but you wrote a great article on that. Tell us your thoughts. Well, it, it pushes a few things to mind. So the book's called The Great Patriot Boycott Book, and I wanted to, before I even answer your question, I want to throw out something I'm really proud of, because Saturday night, you know, this is, uh, today is... Today is a Thursday as we record this, and sat or, or say we do it live, but a lot of people will hear it <laughs> yes. on your podcast. You know, a day from now, or two days from now, or two weeks from now. Yeah. So I want people to know. Just less than a week ago, I was in Florida to give a speech, and I was at Mar-a-Lago, Trump's home and Trump's uh, club, on Saturday night, and uh, I had a chance to spend some time with President Trump, and I also got an endorsement for my book from President Trump. And the next morning, he tweeted out how much he loves my book. And he loves my strategy that we should defund the left and defund companies like uh, Budweiser and Anheuser-Busch, the parent company, and how we should fund the good guys. So it's not just me now saying it's a great book and it's a great strategy. (laughs) The Great Patriot Boycott book was, in fact, endorsed by President Donald J. Trump on Sunday morning just a few days ago after I'd met him on Saturday night. He got so excited by my strategy, he tweeted out to the whole world, this is the way to to beat the, the bad guys. 
So it's a great thing. And, and I also want to report to everybody, you know, the average person doesn't have a chance to spend time with President Trump. He looked great. He looked handsome, tan, rested, good <laughs> spirits. Uh, uh, his mind is fabulous. You know, unlike Joe Biden, who, who couldn't figure out, you know, what the difference between his wife and his sister. Uh, Joe, my, my friend, <laughs> President Donald J. Trump, is 76 years old, um, and his mind is as good as when he was 46 years old. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. Sharp. He was yeah. in a crowd at Mar-a-Lago. He was having dinner with Mike Tyson and, <laughs> uh, and, and his wife and his son, Baron. And I walked in, and there were people around him, and everybody wanted to grab his hand, and everybody wanted to talk to him. And he'd just gotten back from Scotland that morning. Wow. Uh, and he was, of course, in his mind. I'm sure he's stressed out about everything happening with all the uh, potential indictments and the indictment that already happened in New York. And he's running for president of the United States, and he had a CNN town hall coming up. All of that is on his mind, and he looks at me across the room and yells out, hey, don't you have a speech this weekend? <laughs> and I did. How did he know that? Yeah, exactly. How did he know I was in Florida for a speech? That's He's amazing. amazing. Hey, He's so, amazing. And then, Wayne, wasn't your... I, I was not tell you, it's amazing. Wasn't your book number one be, even before <laughs> Trump endorsed it? Yeah, it's been out for about six weeks now. It's okay. been number one in like twenty categories, and, and <laughs> well, then that'll Trump, help. And, and then and then finally had settled out for a week at like number two and number three and number four, and number five <laughs> in every category. And then Trump endorsed it and went back to number one in every category. So it's awesome. been, it's been a, a great run. Yeah. Uh, and, there, and by the way, it uh, infuriated the left when he endorsed my book and my strategy. So um, literally the day after he endorsed it and tweeted it out, uh, there were articles, I think over hundreds, hundreds of articles all over the United States and all over the globe, even in the UK Daily Mail and other British newspapers about Trump endorsing Wayne Root's strategy to defund leftist woke corporations. They all got so annoyed that Trump endorsed my book, and in the first line of every article was, Trump endorsed Wayne Root's strategy uh, <laughs> in his new book, The Great Patriot Bicot Book. So it, it, was all, it was a great week, again, as usual, and I had a chance to actually spend some time and see up close and personal that Trump looks fantastic despite everything they're doing to him, yeah, which is amazing. a sign that you can't keep Trump down. You yeah. just can't, which it's, is great. It's amazing. So to, answer, to circle back and answer your question quickly, yep. yes, they're self-destructing. Bud Light is self-destructing. Uh, it's, it's spread to all of Anheuser-Busch's beers. They're all way down. And, and you know who's self-destructing even more than Bud and even more than Bed Bath and & Bra- and Beyond? Fox in, News. Uh, Fox News yes. channel. Yeah. Yep. Just makes no sense what yep. these people do. The decisions are crazy. Yeah. But, of course, they hang in circles where they think that these are normal decisions that won't right. hurt them. And then they get a dose of reality and a slap in the face from conservatives. So we're doing a good job. See, uh, Fox News had 3.5 million viewers in Tucker's time slot. And now they've got 1.2 million viewers in wow. Tucker's time slot. So I think huh. uh, all that proves is there's still 1.2 million misinformed conservatives. It should be zero mm. yeah. that's right so Wayne we also have your article on the is Fox News the next bed bath and beyond and we all uh, saw Tucker Carlson um, sign off on Friday and he didn't say goodbye like this will be my last show the next following um, Sunday or Monday he was gone and uh, yeah it doesn't seem like it makes sense because th- again they don't seem to know their audience do they no, you know, either they don't know it or they or they don't care. How about okay, that one? Okay, you're right. You're and right. I said that for years about yep. the politicians. It's shocking that Fox News thinks that way, but I've said it about the politicians. You know, it's obvious that the silent majority backs 
conservative views and and uh, Judeo-Christian values and American exceptionalism and capitalism. Those are all the things that it's obvious that conservatives, excuse me, that the silent majority believes in, and I think most voters believe in, but Democrats could not care less. It's like they're whistling past the graveyard. It's like they want to lose, but yet they keep winning. And the only reason they could keep winning is if elections are rigged. That's why they don't care. Elections are rigged. Mm-hmm. The system is so fraudulent at this point. It's amazing. It isn't like I'm saying, oh, in every voting machine, the votes are all flipped. Maybe they are. I have no idea. I have nothing to do with that. I've never said a word about Dominion. It's everything else. It's the news media is fraudulent, and the FBI is fraudulent. They're paying the media and social media to lie about the news and change the news feed so that every day you see negative, negative, negative about Trump and positive, positive, positive about Biden and Democrat policies that are failing. They don't tell you that jobs are horrible. They tell you jobs are great. Why? Because I said a few minutes ago, for every one person, you need three jobs now. So, of course, it looks like there's a lot of jobs. The reality is they're all crappy jobs with low pay that don't even give you health insurance, by the way, ironically. So, you know, everything is a lie. Everything is gaslighting. Every, you know, they're hiding the truth about vaccines. Yes. They're hiding the truth about rigged elections. And the way you know they're hiding the truth and they've lied about it is because you're not allowed to talk about it. Well, that's, cool. that's part of what got Tucker band. fired. Tucker got fired Wait, in part right. because of that, probably. Well, and also right, probably speak- because he talks about rigged elections like I do, and he yep. talks about vaccines like I right. do, and yes. he talks about Ukraine being a fraud, yep. and we shouldn't be sending all our money to Ukraine. Those are the things he talks about. Those are the things I talk about, <laughs> and it gets you canceled yep. yeah. to tell the truth. Well, I'm talking about Pfizer, and that that yes. got Dan Bongino and Big Pharma. Yeah, boy, you don't Can't go there. Out. Yes, and also you talk about in this article Rupert Murdoch and his spoiled brat children. Um, <laughs> Who live in Europe apparently, and Paul Rhino? I mean, uh, Paul, Paul Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. So you know, because Wisconsinites are touchy about Paul Ryan because he's <laughs> he's one of our homeboys, yeah. and he became a Rhino. We loved him at first. Yes. And then yes. all of a sudden, a, a switch got flipped, and we went, "Who is that person? Yeah, who is?" So that? are they actually um, rely? Are these European Murdochs relying on Paul Ryan to tell them what conservatives want to hear on Fox? Yeah, well, he's, he's on the board of directors of Fox News, or the parent company that uh, runs Fox News, and he's making, helping to make a lot of the decisions at Fox News. And, oh, and people have to understand that A, Paul Ryan's a rhino, and B, Paul Ryan's a globalist, and C, Paul Ryan hates Trump with such a passion. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me. I meet a lot of people who seem like they're Republicans. They get an R after their name. They served in office for years. <clears throat> Perhaps they're still in office. I meet all these people, and, and now they're important people. If they're not in office anymore, they run corporations. And I think, wow, they're a big conservative. They're a big Republican. And then you actually talk to them at a party for five minutes. And by the end of the five minutes, mm. you realize this person is not a conservative at all. Yep. Yeah. This person is a liar. Yes. This person is a fraud. He doesn't or she doesn't believe in the things I believe in. Yet they claim they're a big Republican and they have the proof on their resume that they were a congressman for 15 years. They're liars. Paul Ryan is a liar. He is not not a conservative. There isn't anything about him that's mm-hmm. conservative. He doesn't stand for any of the same issues I do. You know, if you ask Paul Ryan,
Ryan, the biggest issue in America is not rigged elections. It's not vaccines. It's not you know all the money that went to Ukraine uh, that's being wasted and stolen in Ukraine by corrupt politicians in the most corrupt country in the world. If you ask Paul Ryan, the biggest issue in America isn't the United States Navy recruiting with, with drag queens. Oh, boy. He'd say those are not the most important issues. I say those are yes. the most important issues. Him and I don't agree on anything. So he might as well just change to Democrat because him and I aren't yeah. the same party anymore. Right. There's oh. your issue. They don't believe the same things we do and maybe either they have to leave or we have to form our own party and we can't call ourselves Republicans anymore but I can tell you one thing, the people who run the Republican Party are, are not the same as me and you. That's right. Mitch McConnell isn't the same as me and you, Paul Ryan isn't Mitt Romney isn't, uh, how about even Kevin McCarthy, he's better than that few I mentioned, but he's not much better. Mm. He's not the same as you and I. Ronan McDaniel, who runs the Republican National Committee, is not the same as you and I. She's not on my team. So we got people fighting for us and on our behalf that are not like us in any way, shape, or form. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Communists on the left and a bunch of cowards on the right or bought out, bribed people on the right who are owned by China and owned by corporations. So there's no one really fighting for you and I. That's why I wrote the Great Patriot Bicot book so you could know who the good guys are and you could spend your money with them and we could put the bad guys out of business. Amen. You can get the book, by the way, friends, on Amazon or you can go to Wayne's website, rootforamerica.com. Wayne, um, it seems like they're sabotaging the military on purpose. They're weakening the military. But also look at our southern border. You wrote an article on your website, Title 42, Ends and you say get ready to witness the fall of Saigon. And we've seen pictures, we've seen videos of masses of people heading toward America, toward our southern border. Uh, share your biggest concerns about this. Well, look, it's, I'm not a Johnny-come-lately to this. First of all, I've been complaining about the open border for about 25 years mm-hmm. now. And second of all, I complained about it from the moment Biden got in office. And third about third of all, I mentioned back in March, which now seems like a lifetime ago, <laughs> back in March, like, you know, 60 days ago, plus I said that uh, Biden has scammed the Supreme Court and scammed the United States because the Supreme Court was go- had taken up the case of Title 42, which prevents people from coming into the country. They have to wait on the other side until they have their hearing, and the hearing might take three years, and most of them will just go home. Uh, you know, they're not going to wait three years in the desert in Mexico uh, in a tent. And so many of them will go home, and the ones who don't, who stay and wait for the hearing, most hearings will, will deny them entry to the United States. So therefore, they have to go home. You can't let them come into the United States while they wait for their hearing, because during the three years that they're waiting for their hearing, they disappear and no one ever sees them again, yep. and they stay in America forever. That's right. So Title IV 42 was so important. It was a Trump policy, and it was tied. He found a way to tie the COVID pandemic to stopping this flow of people mm-hmm. coming into the United States, and we had shut it down to nothing. And then Biden comes along, and he says, let everybody in, and we got to end Title 42. And the Supreme Court says, okay, I'll take the case, and let's see what we, we decide. And they were obviously going to decide that a country has a right to protect its own border. Uh, Supreme Court is 6-3 to three in favor of conservatives, theoretically, John Roberts, you know, not really a conservative, right. but at worst, at worst, it's five four. Yeah. We would have won that case, but 
Biden scammed the Supreme Court and Republicans said nothing. Biden woke up one day and the people behind him, Obama and company, must have said, here's how we get it away from the Supreme Court. They can't rule on it if it doesn't exist anymore. So let's just get rid of the COVID emergency rules that gave the president gigantic new powers. And along with it, part of that was Title 42. And if we end those COVID emergency rules and we don't have that power anymore, then Title 42 automatically goes away. And there's nothing for the Supreme Court to rule on because it doesn't exist anymore and that's what they did and the supreme court said oh okay we'll drop the case because there's nothing to rule on anymore and now you know this week this thursday you know depending on when you're listening to this podcast you know sometime right now today it's ending and you're going to see scenes you never ever imagined in your lifetime that you'd see in the united states it's going to look like the fall of saigon you're talking about a couple of thousand border agents and 1500 troops trying to control a million people racing across the border over the next few days. It's going to be a horrendous scene. It's going to mean uh, really the end of the United States or certainly the beginning of the end of the United States. It's, it's an all-out free-for-all now, a race for all the people all around the world who are criminals and welfare addicts uh, and people who want to drop a baby on American soil. And, and that's no big deal either, right? Except it costs, what, 30000 to have a baby in the hospital with your health insurance? So when all these pregnant women race across the border to have a baby, multiply that times 30,000 each, and that alone makes the country go bankrupt. Not to mention, you know, around their belly, they're strapped with fentanyl. You know, they're, they're drug mules. Yeah. The, the whole world is going to come across that border. They're going to bring all the drugs of the world, all the illness of the world, all the disease of the world, all the pandemics of the world, all the crime of the world, all the welfare needed of the world. All of it is coming across America's border. And the first million in the next week is going to be nothing compared to the millions and millions that follow them. And all of this is because of this was a plan yep. from day one by Democrats to destroy the United States of America. And unfortunately, they seem to have succeeded. Yes, it's the cloward Piven strategy to just, just overload the system, overwhelm the system. And you say in the article, this dereliction of duty, it's a failure to execute the laws of the U.S. to protect American citizens. And it's the worst corruption in history. So so we understand that in our listening audience here, Stand Up for the Truth, Wayne Allen Root. Now, what can we do about at least um, fighting back, pushing back, calling the congressman, you know, contacting our senators? What can we do knowing this is going on at our southern border and knowing their corporations are going woke? Well, look, you know, I come up with new ideas all the time. In the last <laughs> 10 years, I've had so many That's ideas. surprising. Many were adopted yes. by, many of them were adopted by President Trump, by the way. You know, like at one point, I, I put out a, a column, and I made sure it got in Trump's hands. One of my buddies is best friends with Trump. I don't have his phone number to just call him on a moment's notice. I see him once in a while, and I open speeches for him, and I see him backstage. But one of my buddies is, you know, got him on speed dial, <laughs> and he gets a lot of my columns into Trump's hands. And I said, you know, at, at the time, Congress would not allow the funds to build the wall. And I said, just go over Congress's head, declare a national emergency, and then use, when you have a national emergency, you can use the money from any agency, including the Pentagon, to build the wall. Wow. You don't need Congress, right? And I gave him that idea, and the next day he was announcing it to the whole country. I'm going to declare a national emergency. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to use the Pentagon money to build the wall. So, I mean, I've had a lot of great ideas over the years. <laughs> I, I gave a speech in Florida last week. That's when I, I had a chance to stop by and see Trump in Mar-a-Lago. And uh, my speech was to 1,200 uh, fans of Club 47, which is the biggest Trump fan club in the world. 
And they said, what do we do? And I said, you know what the key to saving America is? Other than, you know, killing, uh, you know, uh, mail-in ballots and ballot harvesting and ballot drop boxes, which are all terrible and illegal and wrong, uh, and, and voter ID, we've got to have voter ID. That's a way to stop this, you know, this disaster. If someone's illegal, you've got to be able to ask them, are you a, a citizen of the United States? And if not, you can't vote. Those are all obvious ways that we should be saving America. But I think the single best idea I've ever come up with is we should be using lie detector tests mm. to save America. And the crowd gave me a standing ovation. <laughs> I said, do you yes. know the Navy SEALs have to take lie detector tests like five, six times a year to make sure they've never told a single secret to their own wife or their own parents wow. where they were, what they did, and they get kicked out of the Navy if it shows any lies. Why don't we give politicians lie detector yes. tests and, and ask them, are you bought by <laughs> Pfizer? Yeah. Are you owned by Pfizer? Are you owned by the Chinese? Yes. Are you owned by the communist Chinese government? Do you have an offshore bank account? You know, uh, are your relatives on the payroll of Pfizer? Are your relatives being paid by the Chinese? Are you taking funds offshore from the Mexican drug cartels to keep the border open? These are the questions we need to ask aspiring wow. politicians and also the ones already in office. And if it's good enough for the Navy SEALs, it should be good enough for every politician and every elected official and every appointed agency head in America. And if you ask them those questions, guys, I guarantee you, yes. you'll get answers that will shock you. They've all got offshore accounts. Mm-hmm. They're all on the take. They all accept bribes. They're all owned by China. They're all owned by the Mexican drug cartel. And they're all owned by Pfizer, which is why they lie about the vaccine side effects, which is death and injury. So, you know, we need lie detector tests to save America. But again, my ideas are common sense. Will yep. they ever happen? No, because the people who could implement them would be caught by the lie detector test A lot of and them, go yeah. to prison and lose their jobs. So yeah. nobody's ever going to want to do it. Gosh, wow. Wow. I wish we had more time, but we'd have, I know you have to get going. Wayne Allen Root, RootForAmerica.com, the great patriot boycott book. Thanks for your time this morning, sir. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. And for all my TV shows and all my radio shows, it's simple. Just go to RootForAmerica.com and you find out about them there, where you can watch them. And you can press, click, boom, and you're on. Awesome. My TV show is on live, or my library of shows from yesterday and the day before is on. It's all at RootForAmerica.com, the great patriot boycott. That book endorsed by President Trump. Thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. And Mary, God Thank bless. You. God, God bless. bless you. And you can hear what he really thinks if you go to his uh, yeah. shows, Iran Unfiltered and others. That's yeah. great. Um, guys, coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about what the, the administration is doing to the military already with recruiting shortages. We'll touch on that. Also, we're going to talk about what's going on in Israel. There are some concerns about war. Yes, are they on the verge of war? We'll talk about some worldview issues and more on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. All right, to continue on a couple of the topics we were discussing with Wayne Allen Root. Mary, that went fast, didn't it? Wow, that was, that was, it left me breathless. What can I say? <laughs> the fastest 30 minutes in uh, Stand Up For The Truth podcast history. No, we've had a lot of them that go by that fast. But anyway, media juggernaut Tucker Carlson crushed it on Twitter as his latest video got around 30, I'm sorry, 23 million views in 24 hours. Now, he had an audience of, what, 3.7 million on Fox? Yeah. 23 million views in less than 24 hours. Do you think people want to keep up, 
keep track of Tucker Carlson? And do you think he had an important voice? Yes. So we're looking forward to seeing what he does. He announced uh, he may have a show coming out. They may do it on Twitter. I don't know. Elon Musk did not confirm any agreement. But uh, you will hear from Tucker Carlson. We will hear from that man because that young man, I can say, uh, we can say that, right, Mayor? Young yes, man? Yes. Because he was talking about Pfizer and Big Pharma. He was talking about the foreign invasion at the southern border. He was talking about the military. He was talking about the public school systems and the hijacking by the left. And he got, well, canceled. He got mm-hmm. uh, fired by Fox. So that's also happening. And as we mentioned, there's another article over at the Brit, the Blaze, and I'm going to just share a little bit about Uh, what we mentioned about the uh, military recruiting issue. Every branch of the military has drag queens, claims openly queer sailor who's making waves as the recruiting ambassador. So I got an article over on Harbinger's Daily uh, briefly. It's called Purposeful Sabotage. U.S. Navy responds to recruiting shortages with drag queen digital ambassadors. So here's the picture. They, they, they started this last November, by the way. China and Russia have been preparing for war and building their armed forces for years. For more than a decade, however, America's military has gone woke, and all four branches now face recruiting shortages. So the Navy brings in a drag queen to represent and try to recruit on, on, online. Um, we believe they're dragging America down on purpose, pun intended. We believe this is a purposeful sabotage and a weakening of, if not the military itself, the reputation of America's military, and our enemies are watching. Um, I just want to share a couple quotes before we move on to talk about Israel. Um, Now, this is interesting. Uh, Dan Crenshaw, you may be familiar with him. He was former Navy SEAL. Um, He's very concerned about this and the direction it's going. Also, a lot, several other guys, but Crenshaw is now a Texas representative. He's a retired Navy lieutenant commander. And he says, did we learn nothing from Bud Light? Wow. <laughs> Obviously, the Navy didn't. Uh, so he says, we, we cannot afford to suffer in military readiness for the sake of pushing the left's woke narrative. Another uh, former Navy SEAL, Robert O'Neill, who, by the way, helped kill Osama, Osama bin Laden, in 2011, he's fuming over this uh, recruiting shortage in the Navy fiasco. He says, all right, the U.S. Navy is now using an enlisted sailor drag queen as a recruiter. I'm done. China is going to destroy us. You got this, Navy. I can't believe I fought for this BS. And I could go on, but this is how veterans are reacting, Mary. So let us know. And by the way, I wanted to share one more quote to this perspective, and this is um, from another veteran, Matthew Lomier, Lomier, and he was fired, by the way, from the military for mentioning concerns about Marxism, criticizing Marxism. But here's what he said. These days, the American people see this wokeness, and they think this has become our military. So first and foremost, I think it's important that I say thank you to the good men and women who nobly serve our country in uniform every day of their lives because they show up believing in the greatness of the American ideal and because they're willing to lay their life on the line in defense of this country. Agreed. So let's try to keep all this in perspective. We know what the current administration is purposefully doing, and it's, it's sad because, like many of them said, our enemies 
are watching, Mayor. Well, and it's a wonder we even are functioning as a country at this point, because I listened to Wayne's uh, list of things that we are facing, things we're dealing with, ways that America is tanking, and you think, how much longer do we have? I mean, you know, on the face of it. Yeah. So. It almost made you break into a song, you said. during. Marx is to the left of me, Rhino's to the right, here I am, <laughs> stuck in the middle with you. He came so close. Yeah, yeah. So close. All right, so let's talk about Israel, very important uh, story over at Harbinger's Daily yes. by Eric Stackelbeck. Eric Stackelbeck, yes, the watchman, and he releases uh, updates um, on Israel and other things um, daily, pretty much. You can go to YouTube. And look for the watch videos. I highly recommend. But he's talking. His headline here is: Is Israel on the verge of war? Palestinian Islamic Jihad terrorists fire hundreds of rockets following targeted Israeli operations. So let me just give you some uh, basics here. He says, "How did this all begin? Operation Shield and Arrow. That's what Israel has named it. Uh, it began Tuesday night. This current one with surprise attack." which is the only way to describe it. Mm. Um, Israeli airstrikes in Gaza eliminated three top Palestinian Islamic Jihad leaders. One was the leader of Islamic Jihad operations in northern Gaza. The other was a member of the Islamic Jihad Military Council. And the third uh, directed Islamic Jihad activities in the West Bank. Now we call the West Bank Judea and Samaria because that's what the Bible calls it. It's the, the biblical heartland mm-hmm. of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that Israel, uh, Netanyahu was under some... Um, uh, scrutiny and criticism because of this delay. Uh, they started um, just throwing these rockets at Israel a week ago. And people are saying, well, where is the response? Um, they were very critical of it. But think about it, because Netanyahu thinks about everything like this. Mm-hmm. Um, the government certainly had an element of surprise because, again, because of that weak delay. Um, it says uh, Hamas rules Gaza with an iron fist, but it works side by side with a fellow Iranian proxy. This is kind of um, important to remember. Iran is behind this, and that is Palestinian Islamic Jihad. From time to time, he says they will launch rockets in tandem. So far, Hamas has set this one out, and they're letting Islamic Jihad go toe-to-toe with Israel. So that's what's really happening Mm. here. Hamas and Islamic Jihad have a joint operations room, so it's it's a bit of a mess, but there have been uh, additional airstrikes now in the last 24 hours. They're working with Egypt on a ceasefire, which in Israel probably means something different than it does in other places in the world. It's just a lack of rockets being tossed. Um, but it says here, he, he offers one explanation. We did not see an immediate Islamic Jihad response once Israel uh, went in this Tuesday. Hmm. Many believe the reason was that the Islamic Jihad was stunned. They did not expect what Israel did in eliminating overnight those three terror commanders. So Iron Iron Dome has done its job. Yes, yes. Um, and some of the rockets, uh, we would, when we were kids, we'd call them duds. They fell right back down into Gaza. So the Lord, you, you can amazing. see the Lord's hand. Yeah. When, when, when it comes to Israel, be prepared to see God defend his people. Um, they are never going to get along over there because it's spiritual. And 450 yeah. rockets so far have been fired. Some homes in southern Israel, eight people have been hurt. But Eric, his conclusion here is, we must prepare Israel for a multi-front war. I believe it's a precursor to Ezekiel 38 and 39. That's the future war where God directed, directly intervenes in a massive, mighty, undeniable way. Praise so, the Lord. Mayor, we've been, I mean, since Matthew 24 and other places, we're, we're talking about wars and rumors of wars. My goodness, 
Rumors of wars yeah, are yeah, getting yeah. even even more traction yeah. today. Taiwan and, and China, Russia and China and the U.S. It's so. just a matter of time, friends. And this is not to you know scare you or, or alarm you, right. but just remember the Bible talks about these things. We're just seeing some detailed maneuvers and some things coming together now that uh, maybe our great-grandparents didn't get to see if they were Bible-believing Christians and kept up with Bible prophecy. What we're seeing in our day with what you just mentioned, with the technology, uh, with with everything set up for the mark of the beast, everything, AI, all this stuff. Well, I I think U.S. and EU heads are exploding. (laughs) Uh, over what Israel is doing. Because, you know, they might as well do what they want because nothing they ever do is going to be acceptable, especially to this current administration. And so I'm pretty sure liberal heads are exploding everywhere, and they are not sure what to make of all this. And I say, aw, too bad. So um, I'm going to actually save this one for tomorrow. Uh, I had an article on uh, a teacher winning a lawsuit, but this was one of the few teachers that actually stood up against some of the junk that's being pushed down on our kids under sex education or health. Um, Mayor, let's talk briefly about an article. I was, it's actually a, a newsletter put out by Peter Heck, and he's an author and a teacher, and I believe he's an associate pastor. It's called Slandering the Bride. So talking ill of the body of Christ or of the biblical worldview. And the reason I wanted to mention this, because I had followed David French for many years mm. and um, until about maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, I started just just kind of noting some of his progressive leanings, or his he seems to be favorable toward liberal views. Uh, now I'm not even talking about Christianity; I'm talking about other things. But so Peter says, take New York your York New York Times columnist and professing Christian. <laughs> this is interesting, David French, once an outspoken advocate for Christian witness in the public square. French has found that berating the church, punching only towards the redeemed, would garner him far more attention, far better pay, and far more worldly prestige than what he'd been doing. And now, so he responded, here's really the gist of it here, the church isn't supposed to be like the world, but uh, Peter Heck writes, um, there was an anonymous you know, I guess it was a tweet that someone put out there under the title uh, Worst Pastor's Wife, whatever that means. So this anonymous tweet claims victimhood of an unspecified, quote, child abuse. And here's what she wrote. Can anyone explain to me why there are seven to ten verses in the Bible that people have claimed address homosexuality and around 40 that mention gluttony? But no one is actively calling gluttonous people filth, excrement, vile trash, or telling them to unlife themselves. All right, so let's stop right there. By the way, you could fill in fill in the blank that he mentions yeah. or she mentioned gluttony. You could put in all kinds of adultery and other things. We don't celebrate those things, point number one. Yeah. There is a celebration. I mean, June, Pride Month. Yeah. There's a celebration of sin when it comes to homosexuality. So let's just set that aside. But also, no one that I have ever heard of or no one personally or online, Christian, a true Christian, calls someone who's struggling or an LGBT person filth, excrement, or vile trash, or tells them to kill themselves. No one, no one, no true Christian that I know. So this is setting up a, a straw man. This is setting up a, a fake argument, right? So this is... An anonymous tweet put out by some woman 
saying, okay, the Bible only has a few verses about homosexuality or whatever, or that address that, which we've talked about that before. Jesus even you know, laid it all out himself, that God ordained marriage between one man and one woman. And anyway, we can go on. Um, so what Peter Heck writes is this woman's post provided a Christian with a large platform like David French an excellent opportunity to defend the integrity of the church, but he chose not to. He chose not to refute some of the things which I just did. French chose to, you know, he says, this is a question I get from a lot of folks, and he just took the bait uh, because he knows his audience, David. Mm -hmm. We're talking about knowing our audience today. We're talking about the corporations in Segment 1, corporations and Fox News and Bud Light and whatever. But uh, French says, why the extreme emphasis on some biblical commands in the public square and almost total disregard of others? He says, I propose that we're much more eager to talk about they problems than we problems. So let's break that down. David French, I call him a progressive or a liberal or Peter Heck goes so far as to call David French a professing Christian. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we don't know his heart. We're saying we don't know his heart. But uh, if he's popular with New York Times, we can probably understand Uh what his worldview is. All right. And it's not true biblical Christianity. But with that said, what does he mean, Mayor, by I propose that we're more eager to talk about they problems than we problems, meaning Christians in the church? What are your thoughts on this? You know, isn't it sad? It is really sad. And I, I in every aspect of life, the woke element, the progressive element tends to bully the other the people that are more traditional or the people yes. that, that believe biblical values. And so now you come along and say, well, you know, why why do you not believe like I do or whatever? I, I'm not really sure. Uh, the bullying aspect here is, or the uh, slandering the bride has to do with the, does have to do with the more liberal leaning um, pro, I don't know, diversity, church versus. DEI, diversity, yes, equity, and inclusion. <laughs> right, versus the ones who are saying, no, we're not going to go there. That's not biblical. Is it just sort of a, the woke kind of uh, mentality that, that, you know, be more like me? Is, mm. is that the slandering aspect of it? Well, I, I can think of Second Peter talking about mockers, mm-hmm. mockers and scoffers. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is fulfilled prophecy. And I can also think right. of Jude and other places where it says they were f- were not from us. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Meaning some of these, and I'm not saying David French for sure, mm-hmm. but some of these are wolves in sheep's clothing right. that were not f- of us to begin with, but they were, quote, part of the church, and then they went out, and now they're criticizing true, biblical, fundamental mm-hmm. Inerrant scripture and Christianity and, of course, the church. We're easy targets because we're sticking to the truth. So we're easy targets when we are seemingly so rigid when it comes to our stand on the foundation of God's word. And we should be rigid. We should defend it. Like, I don't know who who said, I think it was John Calvin. And don't take this wrong, but I'm I'm quoting John Calvin or paraphrasing a quote. He said, if if my dog saw that I was being attacked, my dog would, would definitely defend me. Christians should, when we see God's word being attacked, we should be like an attack dog. And we should defend the truth of God's word. We don't see that. Yeah. We don't see that enough. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because Wayne, Wayne this morning was talking about, you know, what's the strategy? We're too nice. We're too nice. You know, and I, th- I think Christians do need to stand up to a lot of this wokeism and this yeah. l- a lot of the liberal hijack of the church and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
So David French goes on and says, the problems that are rife in the church, listen to this, in the church. So these are people that have been saved, born again, believe the Bible, attend church. The problems that are rife in the church, porn, adultery, gluttony, and even abuse, are often discussed in terms of struggle or brokenness. And other sins, like lying and cruelty, are excused or overlooked. And so this is just... he is not, he, boy, no, and that's why Peter Heck wrote this article. We're going to link to this. We don't have time to continue to go through the rest of it, but it's really sad. It's really sad when you misrepresent yeah. the entire body of Christ, and right. as Peter Heck says, slandering the bride, slandering yeah. the, the bride, the, the church of Jesus Christ. We know there are hypocrites. We know there are people that are not always acting, quote, Christian, and you will know them by their fruit. Yeah. But you can't put the majority right. of churches or Bible-believing Christians in that camp. David French is doing that. And I, I know some friends who read his articles and support him. And um, guys, be careful. I would say wolf. But we'll, right, but we'll and, see. And also, uh, I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday about this, the wheat and the tares. Um, you have the true church, yeah. which, which the Bible says will the, be small, narrow remnants. is the way. And then there's the professing church with the broad road, the wide aisle, if you will. And and they're kind of, are they at war with each other? Is he just being a pot stirrer, which is probably part of this? But we also no, have he to... he knows where his paycheck yeah, comes yeah, from, yeah. And, you it, know, the yeah, New York Times yeah. and others. True. But, but Mayor, speaking of low-hanging fruit or knowing them by their fruit, let's talk about Andy Stanley. Oh, Andy, Andy, Andy. <laughs> we, yeah. we ruffle feathers. There's a feathers. segue. There's we a ruffle segue. feathers on purpose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so here's, here's a, uh, an article about Andy Stanley, um, and it's called Back Away from a Text-Based Faith. Wokeism begins with devaluing the words of Scripture. And boy, just this one thing by Andy Stanley really shows uh, where he's at, where a lot of the church is at. Uh, there's a new report. Um, he, uh, Jonathan Brettner writes this article, by the way, and this is about Andy Stanley's lack of respect for the Bible. Responding to criticism regarding a sermon series called The Bible Told Me So, Stanley made this comment. I wanted educated, de-churched millennials to know that I knew that those who supposedly know everything are convinced there was no worldwide flood or Hebrew migration from Egypt. While addressing them directly, I gave them the benefit of the doubt to make the following point. Even if those events never occurred, it does nothing to undermine the evidence supporting the resurrection of Jesus and the claims he made about himself. Let's think about this Mm. for a second. He says, he goes on to say, Jonathan Brentner says, It's admirable that he wants to reach millennials with the gospel, but at what price? Mm. Is he forgetting that Jesus verified these events? How does one reconcile Jesus' claim to be God with his supposed mistaken views regarding the flood and Moses? To give the unsaved the benefit of the doubt, quote, regarding events that Jesus confirmed undermines his credibility as a savior. How can it not? Now, in a recent video, Tom Hughes quoted Andy Stanley as saying, I'm really on a crusade to help the church step away from a text-based faith. Oh, boy. And then Pastor Hughes said, what what text? Is he saying we must step away from a Bible-based faith? He already said we must unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. Stanley's statements regarding the Bible puts the purity of the gospel on dangerous ground and initiates a downward slide that can only lead 
to wokeism. Stanley's statements separate Jesus from his word, which is exactly the stance of churches steeped in wokeism. Many yep. professing Christians proclaim their allegiance to Jesus, but maintain social beliefs radically opposed to what Jesus taught about marriage, gender, and God's creation of men and women, just to name a few issues. Jesus, I mean, he is the word, the word made flesh. Uh, I, I don't, it's, wow. it's, it's hard to hear comments like that and try to understand that, he, or try to think that he means well, or that he's not uh, yeah. kind of going, going off. Um, so be, be careful. I mean, we have warned Mary and I and um, others that we respect in the Christian community and discernment ministries, we've warned about Andy Stanley. He's got mm-hmm. a massive church. What is it, 40,000 people or something? Is it that? Yeah. I don't know, yeah. maybe 20,000, whatever. There's just a lot of people who like their ears tickled. But when you hear stuff like this, he's you know famously the, the one that said several years ago that uh, we need to unhitch from the Old Testament. Wait. I'm going, wow. So he doesn't even understand right. how God's word is inerrant and from Genesis to Revelation, it is the story of redemption, and it is all inspired, literally breathed by God, by the Holy Spirit. So apparently he doesn't even either understand that or believe that for him to say, you know, some parts are more important than others. I mean, I think of Romans 15.4 that says all Scripture that is that was written in the past, everything that was written is for our benefit that we may learn, and through the Scriptures we have hope and encouragement. We read the Old Testament and go, wow, the lessons that Israel, they had to learn that lesson over and over, rebelling against God, becoming stiff-necked. Then, you know, God would allow them to live in their own consequences. They would repent and come back. God would restore them. And then, of course, they went off again. We need to learn. That's human nature. This is human nature. So we can't look at the Old Testament as something, uh, you know, we don't need to under, read or understand that. And that's what Stanley was promoting. Your thoughts on that? Well, and I don't, I don't really know what Andy Stanley stands to gain by all this, you know, because the Bible says to preach the word, you know, and, and, um, then alternately, those are those who will no longer endure sound doctrine, but will heap up teachers and itching ears. I mean, if Andy Stanley doesn't actually fulfill that, I don't know who does. He's certainly leading the parade. And I just wonder with someone like that, he has such an influence and so many people in his church, what, I gotta ask what he stands to gain by, by mm. saying such ridiculously ungodly things. Well, I'm sure there will be more. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, he, he will continue uh, because this, if, apparently this is what he believes. But anyway, um, friends, just be discerning. I know we have people listening in different states across the country. Uh, be discerning on where you go to church. Um, hold your pastors and your elders accountable to stick to the whole counsel of God and God's word only and not some of these other guys, what they're saying. Um, so tomorrow, let's just tease tomorrow, Mayor. We're going to have our first segment tomorrow with Mark and Amber Archer of Fearless Features. Uh, we've had them on before, and we talked about their amazing documentary called Mind Polluters. You can go look up that podcast. I believe it was from about a year ago, Mind Polluters. They're working on a brand new one called Dysphoria. And you know exactly what that's going to be about. They've been traveling across the country, interviewing people, doing research, gathering information, trying to put this down now. That's going to be either late summer or early fall that Dysphoria will be available. We've got them for a half hour tomorrow to catch up with them. Also, to get their, their take on the news about the Kinsey Institute, the radical, perverted, uh, bisexual, 
pedophile and atheist, Alfred Kinsey, and you can look him up, um, go to Harbinger's Daily. Look up Alfred Kinsey. Or just go that online. Um, apparently, the Kinsey Institute was partially defunded or something about that. So Mark and Amber Archer are thrilled with that news. This is just um, within a week this happened. Now, what, why is this relevant? Because he was one that kind of set the stage for the sexualization of children and putting the education we now have, if you put air, education in air quotes, in the public schools, uh, accessing children. Because of Kinsey's research, uh, apparently concluding that human beings are all sexual beings and it doesn't matter what age you are, toddler, you know, you know, middle school, high school, doesn't matter what age you are. Anyway, that was Kinsey's, he was a sexologist. Anyway, really, really, man, talk about dark. Yeah, and, very dark. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit. And then in segment two tomorrow, Mayor, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, currency, about Fed now, yes. and some other issues. Yep. Um, so we'll have a half hour to do that. So we're really excited uh, when we have a half hour with a great guest or guest. Then we get a half hour. We can tackle news and headlines. And we try to condense it to a half hour. It yeah. doesn't always work. Yeah. But um, anyway, so let's talk about uh, Mark and Amber Archer next week. Scott Shera, John Haller, Holly Pivik, Jillian Appling, Pete Garcia. God bless you, friends. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.